0: Everybody and welcome to an epi- ep- another episode of a journey through time and stuff. Woo, come on, Aaron. Lips, mouth, tongue, the ears, that whole thing. Um, welcome back to the show, guys. I am super glad you're here with me. I'm thankful for all the support. Um, you know, uh I get a lot of cool guests on this show surprisingly for some reason. Um, I have one for you today, but before I do, one tiny little moment of Aaron's soapbox. Um, Hey, hey, everybody out there who's listening, who needs to hear this, fuck the big Cheeto anus mouth and everything bigoted he had to say about trans people this last weekend in his community. Uh, This is a podcast of support, and we are with every single one of you to just fuck that guy. He doesn't even get his name said. Fuck him. Uh, This is a place of inclusion, and I just needed to say that. Soapbox done. All right. Off the top. We're good. Moving on to the wonderness, the wonderful uh, podcast I have for you today. Um, I was on TikTok, uh, that <laughs> Love It or Leave It app. Um, and the music community is pretty cool as far as the amount of uh, ver- small creators who really have something like, who aren't trying to teach bad guitar lessons or give misinformation about how music works. Um, there's a lot of really cool creators on there and I've stumbled across one uh, His name is Alan and he is a I mean amazing guitar player and then also I would say just musician uh, a scholar of music in itself. He has an amazing wisdom to convey how these, I guess, uh, stereotypical concepts are are passed off as highbrow and hard to understand, and they're not. And he has an amazing way of conveying that just across – and – Not only for the musician, like for the person to understand, but in a way that is actually applicable to real life performance on stage. How When you're composing a song, when you're trying to do these things, Um, I found it useful. He's already in just the six months or eight months or however long I've found you. um, You, Mr. Alan Van Wert, have already altered how i one listen to music and then compose my own so uh welcome to the show and thank you my friend
1: thanks a lot for having me on here am i am i i am unmuted properly yeah yeah you sound great i almost never mute myself on this thing um due to the usually lessons through it but yeah first before i forget the cheeto thing you mentioned earlier um i don't know if you're aware if anybody would be because i kind of hide this but about a year or three ago yeah, three years ago or something, I put out a song, um, "Anti Cheeto Guy." And, oh, I, I uh, it's love a that good pop punk song. Yes, it's it's a catchy catchy song, and people from both sides like it. Um, I had some of his supporters who kind of gave me some death threats, but at the same time, yeah. uh, they said, "You know, it is a really catchy song. Like, why would you make it about this?" And they got mad about that. I was like, I don't know it seemed relevant at the time it it Um, it
0: it is it is and it probably will be for quite a long time uh to come sadly so sadly man it's it is it's like it 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 takes more work than it honestly should to not just be discouraged about like every day you know i mean it (laughs) it it's 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 terrible man it sucks um oh i forgot i forgot when i welcomed you to the show Oh, there you go. We get we get an applause. Uh, we're high. We're, we're we're a high level production show That's here, awesome. man. Um, yeah, Matt. Thank you. Thank you again for coming on. Um, how? Uh, first of all, just because I want to start this way, plug all of your where people can find you, where they can find your music, your socials, right off the top, so that they they don't okay. get it buried deep in the episode and.
1: <laughs> right after I've cut my entire perspective audience in half. <laughs> the, the whole cheeto that's that's fine i think people usually agree with some points of the same anyway, but all right so as far as finding me online alanvanworth.com um that's one spot and that's just like kind of the hub for all my stuff generally it's not really updated but it's close enough then also um ultimate picking.com if anybody's looking for picking advancement on guitar that's the ai thing i built for guitar players we're to, gonna talk to about train picking yeah, yeah we'll, okay. we'll bring that up and then there's um uh, what's the other one? Oh, a Rando beat r a n d o B E A T dot com. That's a free thing I built uh for mostly for students and even sometimes myself to randomly generate rhythms for melody ideas or rhythms for strumming patterns for practice, things like that. I have utilized that one. a few times. It is awesome. Oh, cool. It is awesome. It is Thanks. it truly is. I love doing this stuff because it helps me it's more efficient when you're when you're teaching people or or when they're working on stuff They it's they understand a little bit more quickly what they're supposed to be doing when there's a reference So it helps I have that thing and then there's like I'm gonna forget stuff. I don't know. There's there's too many weird things and that's the problem in my life I have way too many things always that I'm attempting to finish and get done (sighs) but that's I, I mean it's it happens it's like an adhd thing that this one therapist once which i don't go to therapy but i went uh, for my kids i brought them to one once with long story but yeah essentially what happened was she wanted to psychoanalyze me for a moment before they even got there and she goes so um blah 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 and she's talking to me for a little bit and then she goes "alan you have adhd" and i said i don't i don't know about that and i said i was told ocd but it fits. It actually, I think there's overlap anyway. And then some people say possibly I'm a little bit autistic, so that that yeah. that also can make sense. Nobody practices guitar that many hours in a room. Well, here's That's, here's something weird. oh yeah no I, I I get it. I think there's
0: a I I think a lot of like intensely creative people that I know, um, I think all are on a spectrum somewhere falling in that ADHD range. Um, Especially because we all—I mean, as far as I can tell—when a new idea is in your brain, I have a tendency to isolate and just work that thing out. Not, not, not like real, but internalize. You know, I will, I will definitely, whether I'm in here building music or writing or you know anything, I'll. If a new idea is in my head, I want to, I want to solve it, and and really focus on that. But if there's no big ideas going on, I am. 20 juggling 20 pans at the same time and i always find myself like hey pay attention to the rest of the world you know do you do you
1: find like that yeah yeah that's i guess that's typical for me too it's it's always a bunch of stuff um but i i can hyper focus once i'm doing the one thing right so if i'm in i I can't stop and that's the problem my wife's the exact same way um she's diagnosed with adhd though Mm -hmm. and she'll just work 12 hours straight because she's afraid if she stops, she won't be able to start again. <sighs> I, I get that. I'm the same way. Oh, I understand oh. it. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's like, you know,
0: that's my love hate relationship with video games, man. Is there like the ultimate detractor from progress, yeah. but it's the same environment. Like once you get involved in a game, you're like, I saw this amazing TikTok when Nick Offerman uh, he was on like Jay Leno or or Conan or somebody like that and the the topic of video games came up and Nick Nick Offerman's like yeah the last video game i attempted to play was in like 2000 and it was Banjo-Kazooie on N64 okay. i don't know if you remember that wow. game i'm i'm actually i loved that game uh, you, i
1: haven't played it but i've heard of it
0: yeah and he described it so perfectly he goes I sat down for two to three weeks because I had to play that game. And once I did, I jumped up and celebrated and said, well, that was a waste of time. Like all in the same breath. Like you're excited, but well, there, fuck me, there it goes.
1: That does happen sometimes, yeah. And I mean, sometimes the game comes off as maybe like a slightly higher art form where there's – It's like a good book and you can reflect back and think wow that was an adventure that's different but yeah generally speaking yeah i feel the same way after a game i'm like why did i invest so much time i could have been doing something else yeah you know that's for progress so that mattered. but you need downtime too and people forget like it's it's important but you have to just give yourself maybe an hour and a half two hours of downtime doing whatever the game and then um that's typically it most people just socialize through the video games now anyway They'll go on the voice chat and hang out more than even care about the game. Sometimes you don't even put a game on. It's just everybody talking. That's actually what, yeah,
0: that's what me and my friends do. We, you know, we uh, just through the time frame, Halo was like the the game that came in right as we were all young high schoolers. You know, I'm 36, so I was, it was like right, you know, 2000 freshmen xbox comes out halo comes out and that was like the game and we would just have LAN parties you know no internet stuff even just xbox is all linked together at your house you know um and now that the internet's so cool and like you said the xbox community is pretty cool um as far as the avail like how good their actual like chats are in game stuff and so we'll just go in there and no one cares about kill deaths no one cares about anything like that and we just we're a bunch of almost 40 year old men playing halo just to hang out once a week you know and and yeah. i think that's I what it should be for
1: i don't play that anymore but um the first halo i had fun on me and my yeah. brother and my friend used to go on there and we kept trying to get that jeep i forget the the name of it the uh, warthog. warthog or something yeah. yeah we kept trying to shove that into the buildings and my brother insisted that it's possible so he would like put explosives behind it and it worked he got in this building i was like why why are we doing this you can break the fun. game yeah 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 that's what happened but we had a ball in there but yeah, I've, I've been playing video games most of my life at the age of 11 i started programming them because i didn't have enough. like i didn't have a ton of money to go to the arcade it gets expensive and i wanted to be able to play gauntlet constantly so gotcha. I don't know if that's dating okay. myself age-wise, well, well, but, but I used to love it.
0: Perfect question. So what was yeah. at eleven? What system were you? What computer were you running on at that time?
1: That was a Tandy Color Computer. It was our very first computer, and it was kind of horrible. It had a cassette tape for uh, instead of a hard drive or disk system. Gotcha. Yeah, my An actual cassette. Really?
0: I had a Commodore like a
1: sixty-four.
0: green just the green and black two color screen that was the very first one and you had to load everything through command prompt there was no actual menus you'd put the floppy in and you had to know command prompt to boot the disk and all that stuff man that was fun that's
1: fun but here's the scary story there on the that tandy color computer and i got into commodore right after but the tandy thing what happened was I, i was i was 11 years old and i really wanted to program so my dad got me a book on programming uh it was just basic it was called. Yeah, and I'm going through it. It's like line ten, go to twenty or whatever. You, you go through the whole basic programming uh, elements. But what would happen is, whenever there was um, a curly bracket um, in the textbook that I was using, the font was like dot matrix. It was horrible looking. So you couldn't tell the difference. And I was so young; I was unaware that there even was that secondary option with a shift. So the entire time, every time I would have an error. This was over a year of me attempting.
2: It's a um, program from right. the
1: book. And I said, no matter what I do, it didn't work because it wasn't the curly bracket. I was hitting the solid, the yeah. uh, square ones. And I didn't know. And then one day, about a year and a half later, I figured it out. I said, oh, my God. So I went back and I reprogrammed everything from the book and it started working. And then I suddenly had an interest. So I'm kind of... That's a lot of patience for an 11-year-old. And it, that makes me think I was a little bit strange. It, but it, then the Commodore Amiga came out.
0: Yeah, I can't... I I definitely... I did it with taking stuff apart in general, you know. Uh, I grew up in a super small town in Alaska, early nineties. You know, when I'm actually a kid and getting a bike and like biking through your neighborhood and at the the ages when you actually adventured out from away from your house, you know, you were left all summer vacation yeah. basically, soon sun up to sundown, going, "All right, kids, see us sometime later." Um, and then there was the the local, just you know town dump was close and so you'd go to the dump and there was always broken radios old tube tvs all types of stuff you pull the backs off and pull the tubes out make other tvs work like that was yeah. that was the stuff i nerded over you know before i understood how electricity works i was taking t- like bring home an old tv from the dump get it kind of working if the speaker didn't work i'd bust the front out find the wires that went to the speaker, and then I would extend them and make a remote speaker up by the head of my bed in my bedroom so that I could have the TV down super low and just yeah. hear it out of here. And then, you know, parents would never know the TV was on.
1: You're like an engineer. See, that, that, that we got to watch, though, because those old TVs, the Transformers, I think retain the power for like you could die from it. Oh, yeah. Something like that. My yeah. dad told me, never do that. Don't, don't take a part of the TV, so I'm terrified. But I did take speakers and wire them into the back of my computer chair. Well, it wasn't a computer chair back then, but it was when I was a teenager, I think. And I hooked them on the ceiling because I wanted to develop my own surround sound. It was weird. It was really weird, but they ended up falling and slamming me. They had the one. <laughs> yeah. They were yeah. tiny. But I went I went crazy um, trying to do stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I like trying to engineer stuff um, on my own, too. It was a lot of fun. So, That's so when people were actually inventive.
0: So you're 11, and you're going, okay, yeah. 1112 okay i want to i want to code um what did was that the main passion first before music were you getting into music at the same time what 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 sparked both what
1: sparked it um that's a good question i i liked okay so me and a couple friends and my family members like my cousin and my brother we would pretend we were in a band with like pots and pans and a fake guitar or something we were we were screwing around with that but we never had instruments so we would just pretend. And I also used to make them put on, and it was always me telling them we have to put on these huge shows and plays. So I'd say, okay, here's the show. Here's the plan. You're going to jump out from here. We're going to do this and that. And we would plan it out for like hours and then have our family members come in to watch this boring, they probably hate oh, it, but we would terrible. make them watch it. Yeah. But I remember doing that and that kind of went that direction. And then, um, but I was into the computer programming at that point just so I'd be able to make my own video games because I wanted to play the games. There was no intention on becoming a programmer. I just didn't want to have to go to the arcade because it's too expensive. Right. So I thought that was a, a way around it. But then um, I think it was second, first or second grade, um, I was in class. And we had to do some kind of a talent thing. We had to do something. That I had no talent. To. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I brought in a, um, a boom box. From my my cousin had one or or i got no i i had had one my brother had one that's what it was because i used to use them to um run tape back and forth to create an echo effect yeah i later found out pink floyd was the the first to do that but i i kind of invented it in my basement with my brother being weirdos but that was my own thing (laughs) when i was a kid so i was in the classroom and i remember playing some mixed tape that i made of rap songs where i put i applied this echo effect i did and, and did some weird stops and changes And the kids were dancing around they loved it and i thought about this i said oh my god this is the first time looking back i can see that's the first time i'm like feeling maybe accepted by society oh wow and that was a good it was a positive feeling yeah yeah, so i thought to myself that i want this i want this good feeling again but i don't i'm not i'm not a musician but it was the music that was causing this happiness to happen so something in me sparked that now i need music was there music around in your house were your parents big music fans like um. Yeah, my parents uh, were into classic rock. Um, yeah, mostly a little bit of blues. My dad was a country guitar player or steel steel guitar, like the slide thing. Oh, very cool. He did he did that a little bit. Yeah, and my grandfather, my mom's dad, he played acoustic guitar and sang for country music. So it's a, for some reason they were all in the country on both sides of the family. <sighs> Dude, but, uh, I I really wasn't. That's so. F- I mean, it's okay, but both my parents are musicians,
0: and that's what they did too. They just played country music all the time and I, I remember, you know, being a little kid and my dad had turned like a sunroom into his like makeshift studio. Um and I was always around recording equipment and music and stuff. Ever I, I knew how to load, pull out uh reels, load his reel to reel, play it up, loop it into the PA system and play it out of the front at like three years old. I could load <laughs> a reel to reel, man. And and um, obviously, I probably can't anymore. I could figure it out if I looked at it, but the intrinsic memory is not there. But um, yeah. yeah, that's but it was it was all. Con- of course, there was classic rock on the radio, but the music that they produced from their playing was always country music, man. That was yeah. what I grew up on, too. Hank
1: Williams and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but that yeah, that's that's exactly the same. John the Prine on my end. A lot of John Prine. And I re- but it was my grandfather and my dad. So there's all it was always the same like kind of set list they would do. But I do remember when you're talking about the speaker system, my dad had a Pioneer quadraphonic stereo thing oh, that he got yeah. from when he was over in Thailand for uh, the military, Air Force, and it was absolutely way, way too loud. And he had this thing. I don't. I swear I don't know if it was intentional or not, but he would have the volume absolutely like cranked, and then he would power it on. and It would be like a massive blast of white noise, and everybody would get, get terrified. I was afraid of speakers for, from for a while this is like a PTSD feeling. It's, I remember that the panic of he's about to touch the stereo. So that was weird. But um, yeah, that was, that, that brings me right back to the, the crazy loudspeaker system. That was like, Oh yeah. Late eighties. Uh, no, like in 1980, somewhere there. Anyway. Yeah. So we, we had a lot going on with the music thing, but then I started playing a keyboard. I had this little uh, Casio organ type of keyboard thing. And I, I didn't, even think about guitar at all but i I would play this keyboard and my mom noticed that whenever i was out and she'd have some music uh, on pop radio stations or something when i got home i could immediately start playing um the melody and maybe like baseline to whatever i just heard on the radio like a a very quick easy recall like tonal memory recall and i was able to do that and she goes that's weird that you could just do that and i had like an aptitude i think for remembering a sound that so, seems to still be the case.
0: Do you have Do you have like a, a also an accompanied like relative pitch or perfect pitch or anything like that?
1: Uh, um, I, I, I mean, tried to train my perfect pitch once, and it seemed like I was pretty good at it, but it's not always accurate, so I don't trust saying But, I, but I you don't. have
0: really good relative pitch to where if you hear and know what a tone is, you can then make any jump half tones, yeah. half steps to the
1: and know the other note from a bass that's important yeah, yeah definitely cool yeah i have to be able to do that if i didn't do that i'd be scared because <laughs> like it's it, it helps it saves a lot of time it does. Um, when you you just hear stuff and that that helps out uh, also with bands um if you don't have a lot of time in between to learn songs you could just listen to it and then i say okay i know what the chord progression is and then yeah. once i know whatever the keys of the song is it's done like i could play it already unless it's something really intricate and strange and then you could figure it out kind of quick though. But um, yeah, so the keyboard playing was going on and I remember it had like a, when you hit the demo button, that Paula Abdul, like a generic version of her song would come on (laughs) and it was pretty cool, but I didn't get very far on that, on that piano. I still kind of suck at the piano, but what switched up was um, my friend, well, two, two things happened, two things happened. One, um, my father's side of the family had some kind of a get, get together out in the country wherever the heck they lived. I wasn't very familiar with them. But there were a bunch of people all playing on this little um, stage that they set up in the backyard. And they had a couple of guitars. They were good singers and all this stuff. They're all doing country music. So I go up there and pretended I was playing the guitar on my dad's acoustic guitar that he had also, an, an ovation. It was really hard to play on. But I was—I have no idea what I was doing, so I was just pretending. Yeah. And they heard it, and they started getting mad at me because they could hear it. And they said, "This, is the, you don't know what you're doing. Get off the stage. And that bothered me. That was the first problem. Then some teenager comes and like i wasn't that, that old yet anyway but some teenager comes in and they said oh you got to hear this guy he's like uh, chuck berry on a guitar so he goes really? up there and he's playing his electric guitar and all of a sudden all the attentions on this guy i get kicked off the stage so psychologically i'm like screw this yeah i need to be better than this guy so then all of a sudden i want acceptance again through the music mm. so i think for my own family which is again strange so i thought i better learn guitar and that's in the back of my head. Then I see the movie Crossroads with Ralph Macchio. And I'm thinking this guitar thing's really a thing. You have to get good on guitar to succeed. Because eventually I'm going to have to play against this devil Steve Vai guy. And I yeah. better know my shit. I better have my ear trained up So this is in the back of my head all at once. At like and how after old? The karate Kid. At like how old? 10? It couldn't have been too old. Yeah. Well, no, it was after the programming. So like 13-ish. Okay. Yeah, thir- okay. 12 or 13. Yeah. Because then at the age of 14... Um, that's when I had my Commodore Amiga and I was programming a really basic version of games on there too. I love the Amiga, but my friend Jason Degudis, um, we were really, really close for years. Shout out to Jason. And Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a drummer, um, or cool. he was my drummer back then when we were kids. But we used to try to make comic books together. So we would design. I'm not great with the drawing. Sometimes I was, but he, I think he was a little bit better. He had, like, the pen and ink thing down with these weird special pens that I was going to break. I do not know what I was doing.
0: Didn't you, but though, didn't you want to wanna be at, like, I had that friend who was just always a better drawer than me. And I yeah. loved to draw, but I, no matter how hard I fucking tried, I could never just, like, as fluently make things look like my friend would look. And it just... That was one thing that bugged me to the nth degree as a young child. My I, I the looking for acceptance thing, I was always wanting to be accepted for my drawing prowess. Never had really any, spent an inordinate amount of time trying to draw like cars and horses. I remember drawing horses and wolves and like all these weird things. And just yeah, no, other people didn't have to practice much and they were just they could fucking draw, man.
1: Yeah, I wasn't so good at at, at doing anything. I tr- I tried before, um, but it was never coming out. But it, but he was mostly doing. There. I just helped with the storyline, trying to develop characters. Plus, I had fun hanging out with him. We would listen to the radio back when that was a thing. We'd have oh, the local radio on, yeah, and we loved it. Uh, we I, I would actually be interested in what was going on with these weird songs that would come up. And with the local college radio, they'd actually play unknown music, right? Which was another nice thing I missed. But we'd have, and they would be like uh, Shaba ranks the the. Uh, reggae guy would come on and for some reason we were interested in that for a while laughing and we we spent way too much time in his room drawing these trying to make these comic books and causing trouble but um the one and i could say one side thing note to that we we once um developed we made it i don't know how to explain this the right way we made something that looked just like a bomb um, out of uh, a package mail, <laughs> yeah. and we put we put like a digital stopwatch in there but the stopwatch was jacked up so every time you bumped it it would restart like an hour countdown and we made it look like there were wires coming in and out of it and I mean, this is like way back so it wasn't such a threat and we dropped it oh. off somewhere in his neighborhood on someone's porch and this is the weird stuff we were in causing trouble We'd dude do i
0: i completely it was fun though. that was what that to me that is what childhood looks like doing that yeah. kind of stuff, roaming around with kids. Usually the pack of kids you're with has a couple kids in it who are like four years older than the rest of the kids. Yeah. You know, and you're all – like for me, I was always just kind of one of the younger ones but never the youngest one. And so I just found mm-hmm. myself, in, again, acceptance, looking for it. And you would find yourself making fake bombs and putting them on people's porches. Yeah, it It completely it was so much fun. And yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely absolutely yeah we
1: were a crazy group and then there well there's the other side of the group where we would play war in the woods and we oh, have yeah. like I, I loved it but there's this one kid who was way 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 too good he was over the top i found out <sighs> recently actually a few years ago i saw him at one of my kids um they're in the band for um uh what do you call for their high school so like the football games which i'm not in a marching band much, but i marching band yeah exactly oh. so I, I had to go to watch their thing and i'm watching them and this guy shows up that I used to play like the war with. He was one of them that he wouldn't really hang out with all the other people, just him alone. And I knew he was very smart, but also really really weird. Like it's one of, it's something on a spectrum for sure, something weird. But I could never find him. Like when he went to hide, there's absolutely it was me and my brother trying to find him. We tried. Like you couldn't find, he would vanish. Then um, he would find us no matter where we could go to some insane location where there's absolutely no humanly way possible, and he would find me and, and trace it. And now, recently, he told me he had some militant, like military tools he was using um, from his dad. Uh, oh. so that's so, and that's a whole a whole sidestep of the story. Yeah. But back to this with Jason the Good, we were doing the, the stuff. His dad had some expensive guitar. He goes, you're never allowed to touch this guitar, you two. Don't jerk around with this. You can't touch the guitar. It's like, okay, so now the guitar is elevated on a pedestal even further where I can't fucking do it. I want to do it. So that's in the back of my head. And then um, the Silver Surfer comic book had some kind of Joe Satriani surfer with the yeah. alien music that came with it. Yep, That was it my friend Jason played this music for me. He goes, you gotta hear this. It's crazy. He goes, that's guitar. I said, that's not a guitar. He goes, the guy does it on guitar. He likes Jimi Hendrix and he was crazy or something. So he does this. He took it a step further. So then I said, I want to learn to do this. And then I was coming back. Uh, My mom was a waitress and this is a side element too. One of her um, patrons at, at the restaurant, they decided they're good. They found out that I like music and they said, listen, give your son this guitar. So they ended up giving, it was like a horrible guitar, but, I still Do you remember what it was? Have, I still have yeah that Telecaster oh. right behind me up there that she <laughs> broken down Frankenstein Telecaster.
0: The first guitar I ever got, electric guitar I ever got, I was probably nine, and it was made by Peavy, and it was called the Terminator. It came out right after Terminator Two came out, and it had a built-in speaker mm-hmm. in it, and it was <laughs> the. I mean, it never sounded good, but I would just shove that nine volt in the back and crank up that little fucking speaker and just jam no no never never i never i never learned i didn't learn i didn't actually start taking playing guitar serious until i was like high school and it was because at that time other friends other friends were playing it and they were good and yeah. they got attention because they would go to school. You'd sit at the lockers and breaker, and at lunch, be- you know, in between class. And they would play a fucking Jack Johnson song or they would play a, you know, Tenacious D was huge. So they'd play tribute or anything like that. And the, the, the hallways would crowd around them. I'm like, fuck, that's what you have to do now. I, I'm already trying sports and I'm not good at them. I'm already doing. I'm not good at them now. I have to fucking play guitar to be cool. Like, yeah. and so and so, yeah. I never I never took it serious and I don't know I was probably another decade of just like learning cover songs never really writing my own original music or anything and playing guitar for all the wrong reasons. It wasn't actually until actually I started playing bass, a band, a cover band I I knew a buddies of mine, you know, early 20s needed a bass player and I'm like, "Well, I play guitar. I bet I can just do these root notes of the chords you're playing and that's fine." And as soon as I started playing bass, I was like, "Oh, there's all this music I love and none of the chords that they're playing in the music sounds the same as what I'm doing. And I'm just, what, what else are they doing underneath of this music to make these se- that sound this way? Oh, there's, there's like thirds and fifths and sevenths and Oh wait, what is What is all this? Like, it's crazy to me that I, that I ba- didn't pick it up. Like, you know, as a kid with musician parents never picked it up. It was just like one of these things that was kind of vacuous from my attention span,
1: uh, priorities, you know, I, no, of course nobody picks up on that. In, I don't think innately, maybe like Mozart or something, but the, um, the thing about bass and that reminds me of this bass guitar players don't realize how good they are at improvisation yeah. until they switch to playing melody. Cause they're already doing it. Everything you do on a bass, when you're doing walking bass lines between, one of the one three or five that's exactly what lead guitar is um when you're actually soloing marty mm-hmm. friedman 100 is exactly doing bass guitar things he just does them two octaves higher yep it's all it is and he does a lot of bending but um ba- bass guitar players i've told this to they go no it doesn't seem the same and i said no, that's basically the exact same thing it's just ri- the bass has more rhythm um more important to stick a rhythm that's why yeah yeah but, yeah um, yeah they're 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 part of
0: establishing the pocket but other than that, yeah. you're a you a, a good bass player is like a second lead guitar player, just tuned down two octaves, like you said. There, yeah, and except they're doing lead the whole time.
1: It's yeah, it's amazing.
0: I know, I know. But
1: all right, so back to this whole thing. Yeah, now. I'm trying to remember this whole pattern of how the hell I got on a guitar. But all right, Steve so what next?
0: Satriani, you discovered Satch. Yes, surfing with the alien.
1: I heard that I was like, oh my god i want, I want to be able to do this crazy sound in the back of my mind the guitar was this important thing music was this important thing, but I thought, well, if I can't be a DJ because like I don't my my cousin's um uncles would would they were scratch DJ guys and they were great they said it's really hard and I heard them do it I was like, I can't do this I don't know anything about this stuff I don't own one and uh, my cassette tape thing I was doing was getting old so I had this weird guitar all of a sudden at home that was kind of hor- horrible, but then. I heard that album and I thought, oh, maybe I could try playing guitar. And I started playing like um, b- horribly on my own, like Jimi Hendrix. And my dad would try to show me some chords and I would do a little bit of that. And then um, I was coming home from school and I decided to get off the bus early with my friend John Mako. He, beca- he was, he was kind of nutty back then. I met that guy because I kept throwing a paper, crum- crumpled a paper ball. This had the first day he came to our school. Yep and um he got very angry with me he goes i'm gonna get you after school i said get me after school that's ridiculous that sounds funny and then um for somehow somehow we became really close friends right after that to like a week after it was weird but um he went there with me at this little uh it's not like a it was kind of like a strip mall it's a weird old store but we went in there and there was a music store inside of there and they had what looked like the silver surfer the surfer with the alien it was a book i said what the hell is this so i looked at it i'm looking through it and it has all the songs with tablature in there i didn't oh, know yeah. what that was but i'm reading through it and i saw <clears> the song <throat> midnight and it has a thousand notes going up and down up and down. and i'm like wait a minute if i get this book all i have to do is do what they're doing in the book and i could play it i'll be just like joe satriani that i heard i could do from his album So I got the book, and I was super excited, and I walked home. It was a pretty far walk, and I started learning, I think it was midnight immediately uh, with the two-hand tapping thing, and from that point on, I was kind of upsetting to friends, because I didn't leave the room. I just kept practicing guitar, because I wanted to to get good, because it was fun. I just had fun practicing, too. Yeah. And that was the start, right then and there. Now, I I did have a music teacher for one or two summers in a row, but... It was short-lived because I couldn't stand how boring. He just had me playing three notes over and over from sight reading, from standard notation. Yeah. And he wouldn't let me play electric guitar. He said I had to play an acoustic guitar, which is already weird. no uh, yeah. What I know now is it's exactly. too, it makes no sense to no. do that. You so should have, it should be the other way
0: around. It should be the other way around. Your fingers can be nimble. You can have an easier yeah. time uh, accenting and actually attacking the fretboard. You know, there's so much learn legato way easier as a fucking 10 year old on an electric than you could ever on an acoustic
1: yeah and and more importantly i i really had motivation to play out an electric guitar i like yeah. that type of music yeah. so why would you stifle that the guy yeah was yeah, yeah terrible. so that was the end of him i quit lessons and i quit guitar for a few years i think it was i said oh no, screw this it's not not good for me so you
0: had a music teacher that's so funny. It, it, it kind of another congruent path with my childhood. Um, I definitely as an eighth grader, I, I started out playing clarinet was my actual formal music training. I was in band and played clarinet and did all that stuff. And I had a eighth grade band teacher that was just such. He was the same thing. He was stifling to what we were interested in and it was his way or the highway. And I never liked, liked the whole ranking of chairs being a chair and getting told you're fourth chair and some kids are first chair and there's auditions and competitions to be ranked as children. Like all of it together ruined my interest in music. Like he, he was the signet, the singular person responsible for like killing my drive to be a musician for years
1: yeah yeah that's exactly right that's that's what happened to me and i quit i I just said screw this i guess this isn't for me that's when i decided okay we're gonna really get into computer programming and i'm like that was the commodore amiga at that point and that's when I, i i had this idea I said listen now i can't play the guitar because like screw that and i don't want this to to deal with the guitar teacher and i was too lazy as a kid i had so many other fun interests i wanted i love video games let's reset let's reset
0: this real fast and then come back and continue telling me about it yeah we got it i'll be right back commercial
2: break hey welcome back to falco's 90 minute meditation hour (laughs) I'm your astrally projected inner truth self and part-time competitive eater, Falco. (laughs) Alright, my astral friends, start by closing your eyes, sit on your root chakras, and let's meditate. Today, as we sit in silence, we're going to focus on gravity. Alright, let's focus on all of our joints being pulled toward the earth. (laughs) Can't you feel it? Remember friends, the moon affects the water. It's gravity makeups our tides. So during a full moon, you want to drink more water. So the moon's gravity will help you pee out all of your negative energy. Yeah, as we hold this breath, it leads me to think about the time my aunt Vivian didn't drink enough water to rid her negative energy that she developed a walking case of tidally unexpected rectal disturbance. <laughs> She's never been the same since. After the bathroom remodel, she made sure, as I ask you all to do now, to follow these three simple steps. Number one, always meditate before a big decision. Number two, drink three liters of water every 17 hours of a full mo- oh, oh, whoa, <laughs> I guess we did it again, friends. I taught you something new. Have a good day. Hare Krishna.
0: Welcome back to the show. So you were just telling us about uh, that band teacher ruining your passion and you getting super into coding.
1: Yeah. So what happened was I decided I am going to um, come up with this cool game. Where, well, actually, a little, I'll go back a little bit further. Um, I, I used a thing called Amos Pro, which is a uh, pseudocode, uh, just a compiler programming language for the Commodore Amiga. A lot of games were built on it. But I decided, first, I'm going to start off with basic learning tutorials, things like that. So I got pretty decent at programming, just generally for video games. And I started coming up with cool ideas. And one of the things I made was a triad training system to teach myself how to memorize triads just for music, for music theory. I thought this would be interesting. At how old? Like 14? uh, Yeah. yeah. Actually, a little bit bit younger. uh, Somewhere around there. 13, 14. I decided this would be good because there's still overlap when I was doing the guitar a little bit on my own then. Right before I quit because of that stupid teacher, which is I, I might have them out or the teacher was uh, somewhere right before the Satriani. I'm thinking, yes, it was Hendrix, the teacher. I quit. Then I found Satriani. That was the order. Ah, That's when I started because that's that coincides with the code. That's why I did it. OK, so then also Yngwie Malmsteen, um that's sh- kind of like the shreddy type of guys. Yeah, the, a little bit, a little bit melodic and shred. So I was on the computer and I said I, I gotta learn these triad things. Um, I had some like books uh, for music and guitar at home to try to learn, and they're were, they're were okay, but they're a little bit confusing at times. So I made this thing where I had Ingve Momstein on the screen. I had to hand do pix- pixel art to put him on there, which took a while. I made him in his fluffy weird shirt. I don't know what the, <laughs> heck, the <laughs> classical shirt he was wearing all the time. Yeah, now. pirate shirt and uh, pirate shirt exactly like on cyphons. So I had him doing that. And he was playing the guitar and his fingers, I would make it so they would move up and down to match wherever the notes were coming from on the fretboard. But I had, if you played a triad, he would play whatever coincided on the guitar for the sound of the the chord you were doing. But at the same time, it would take the last couple chords and it would use that to develop what scale um, we were using. So awesome. he would play in the proper scale to fit and he would improvise in the scale just constantly and he would get faster. Every time he got them right within the time frame the answer correctly, he would start playing faster and faster and moving all over. And um if you won, if he got them all got them all right within the time frame, his arms would fly off cuz he would play so fast and the ball <laughs> would shoot and I had a ball. It was so much fun. Fatality. But I'm thinking back. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly the influence 100% from the arcades. So what happened was um I realized that, like, I was making uh, essentially like a very, very small form of AI that would improvise. It would figure out how to improvise and sound good. And not only was that helpful for me, just like doing some cool computer thing, but in music, I started developing my own, like, rule set for how improv works, how music works. Mm. Not knowing that I was doing that. it's just because I had that 13 years old or four, when, whatever, 14 years old. When
0: you were doing it, were you? associating it like truly with kind of how you understand theory in itself today, were you thinking in chord shapes and stuff related to the guitar or were you just kind of viewing
1: it more like a map kind of how the dots, like the fretboard maps work. I mean, not even the fretboard. I didn't even think about the guitar. It was 100% just what note value. Like, okay. So if I have these three notes that belong to the scale, G major triad. Yeah. Whatever it is. yeah, yeah, exactly. So if I have the, the G B and D, that fits in three different major scales. So right. we know that there's only three variables uh, of, or out of the variable set for the Mi Array that we could use. Yep. So then if he plays a C major chord, that limits it to only two possibilities. It's either the G or the C major scale. If yep. he plays a D major chord, it's definitely the G major scale. Right. Or if it's F major chord, then it's the C major scale. So I would sure. have it figure that out and then he would play through it automatically and never fail. Like so anything I played, he would sound good improvising over While I was programming it, I memorized all the triads anyway because it took that long to program. So it was kind of like a fun way to get myself immersed more in what I was doing anyway. Wow. But that that was cool. That was like one of the first things I did. I wish I still had that, but I, I don't have it on a disc. Also, sadly, all my old Commodore Amiga stuff, my mom threw it out recently, which <sighs> kills me. I don't understand why someone would do this. I I think she's like watching that lady on, on TV that says to, to be happy by throwing everything out. Or she was always like this kind of. My bowling ball, Ugh. my bowling shoes, Nintendo, every old console's gone. She just throws things out. So, yeah, all, all of my old stuff. But I did do something, um, luckily, before that happened, um, with the second thing I was going to talk about with the programming. I made a game, and I thought this would have been the best idea ever. I said, how about this? I'm not at a band. I'm too young to even be in a band. I want to make a game where you're, where you're in a band, and you have to manage them. They go on the road. You have to decide how they're going to pay for things. You have <laughs> to play music, and you have to use the, the computer keyboard to play the right notes on the guitar and the drums with the number pad at the same time, and the guys would walk across the stage. So I developed it where the players walk um, around on the stage. You could play the drums, and the guy would actually move and play the drum kit, and I had the samples and everything, and then the guitar had all the notes. You could Was it all up, in, like, 8-bit? Distortion, yeah. Well, yeah. um, it might have been so the Commodore Amiga back then. I did have an input, um, uh, uh analog to digital converter you could buy for it. It's called DSP 8. So, to, go to, 16, eight, eight to go to 16, to go to 16, or oh no, eventually, to go to I think it might have, yeah, that was eight back then. I'm pretty sure, but it might have went to 16 eventually on the Amiga 2000. Man, I yet. love 8 bit music, it's just yeah. so well. That's See that's the thing. I had experience with tracker files um like the 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 MED or mods or whatever the hell yeah, they yeah, call yeah, them yeah. um back then Octomed. So I used to do those and I realized well wait a minute these are just a bunch of programming numbers and codes like letters. So I could definitely do this I could recreate MIDI inside of my game and that's what I did. So I that's thinking back I was absolutely insane at this age to You you basically you basically like created like like Madden
0: some NFL Madden game where you manage the team plus Guitar Hero, at yes, s- and, and you and you you had molded them together,
1: correct, exactly <laughs> right. So it's like a band management sim, like on like the yeah. Madden thing. But then you actually had to do the Guitar Hero rock band thing on the stage. But you would first you would write your own songs in the in the garage, unless you could book studio time, which would give you better. Um, better sounds but <laughs> essentially all i had was yeah they would go in a garage and then you would play and whatever you played it would record it into my own personal midi thing i programmed which it's just key- taking the keystrokes right. within every so many milliseconds so it'd be on time and then it would play it back and you would have to play while the drummer played you would have to play the guitar part or if you selected you want to be the drummer the guitarist plays and you have to drum on time and when you're in front of the audience the more accurate you are the more they like it and they start cheering and the more money you make
0: up. or something like that
1: yeah exactly and that's fancy so intuitive and on, it was so much fun but on the wall they would have a poster of the band that you would design in the game i had an art thing i programmed a painting thing so you could paint your own logo and it would show up on your clothing because you can make decide what you wanted to wear yeah and it would show up on the wall and then people in the audience would have it It would appear on their t-shirts eventually if you did good enough but you would get more people in the audience the more successful they would physically Propagate more of them out there in the audience in front of the stage. So it became like this whole fun thing where it was, all, there was a lot to it. But then I realized I'm, um, uh, well, so here, well, story. Y- y- you're yeah. making, you, you,
0: I have, cause I know, my, I know the, the way my brain works and how many, so you build, how many tours did you go on and manage once you had that? I mean, I mean, you had to have sat there forever and just done tour
1: after tour after, I mean, like, right? I, you design well, a band and just that's the whole that's the whole fun of it because the, the management side of it uh, you had to decide um uh, are we gonna buy or rent a bus are we gonna hire somebody to drive are we gonna somehow have airplanes i had it thought way far ahead for every option you could possibly imagine that you would need then even instruments um you could select Instead of Stratocaster, I call it like a Stratomaster or something just for uh, of course. copyright infringement or trademarks. So I had to do that, and it was kind of fun to do that. And I had a special screen that would show a map of the United States, and you had to plot where you were going. And I started putting in and looking up actual venue locations to put that you could go there. And based on how well you do in that general area, and if you, you could do a radio ad before you go there, it was so, it was insane the level of detail because I was a kid and I had no job, so I could just sit there yeah. and constantly do this. Like, how a did second, you do in school? Did you did you horribly? <laughs> because <Horrible. laughs> during yeah. in, in my in my classes I was you're making maps. My, yeah, you, yeah, of course yeah. you are. Yeah, you're writing and down was. All that. Yeah, it was funny to me because I was failing um, math even at, a, at a, an older age, and then I went up to the teacher. And I said, listen, um, I have to ask. It was during a final exam or, or close to that time. I said, listen, I really need help with this problem. I need to um, plot all of the spaces on an arc or on a line, um at a certain distance from each other. I forget the the way I described it to her, but essentially I was trying to, to develop my own texture mapping on the Amiga before it was like a thing, because my friend had that game Doom, and I was like, how the fuck are oh. they putting these textures on the walls? Dude. Because yeah. I used to have polygonal stuff before right. that. And I said, I, I made my own 3D... Um, Graphics engine inside of uh, Amos Pro, where you could move 3D objects around. I figured with sine and cosine, it. it I figured it's crazy. Like I wish I could go back in time and tell myself, like obviously you're good at this programming. They just do this, but it's like you could spin things around in 2D space and it looks 3D. That's how these things work. Um, if you use sine and cosine and angle. Um, and plot dots on that everything's a circle spinning but if you yep. have enough dots it looks like an object and that's how it works that's probably yeah. still, still how they're doing it. um but the texture mapping eluded me and i i got it to work but it was so slow it would crash my computer like it could it couldn't keep up with it there's no way it could do it more no, than one one yeah. plane but that's a whole other, that's a side story but she, i asked her she goes alan how are you doing this weird advanced stuff uh, and you fail constantly that's like the second time through the class and I said it's boring nobody like I have no interest in math so I hated math but the computer programming side I liked cuz it was a problem solving thing it was more fun anyway so back to the game the 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 guitar thing I called it band by the way it was called band <laughs> no, Andy. so it was really really fun so I had this thing going on in there um and then my friend Jason Agudis moved to Virginia Beach I think around that time and I said you know what I want to go there too so I spent I think, like, a, almost a year there or something. I forget. It was a while. But I went there, and my dad called me. He was really upset. He goes, Alan, you're going to kill me. I said, what? Well, he goes, I deleted your, your your hard drive by accident on the Amiga. I said, what hard drive? He goes, all that stuff you're programming. I was like, no, fuck. ad deleted everything. The I, I, whole I was game. Totally... Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But. What, did he just unplug um, it from the wall? It was powered on or something? No. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we had... Um, that was kind of where they had instead of just it was mostly floppy discs then, like the, the right. th- what do they call the, the the harder ones. The, I forget the smaller. The three, ones. And three,
2: three and a half? Three and a half, yeah. So we
1: had those. And that was fine. But what we did was to make it faster for the Amiga, we had some kind of like a it looked like a CD, but it was an actual hard drive you would slide in. I forget who made it. But it was a physical gigantic drive you would have to take in there, were like three of them we would swap in and out. I don't know what he did or why or how, but he deleted the whole, he formatted formatted it. So it was like, it was all gone. It's
0: gone, yeah. So,
1: yeah, I'm like, well, do I want to do this or guitar? So then all of a sudden I get back and actually playing guitar because I was like, well, my whole idea is gone. Right. I can't do it anymore. But I did have um, some of the code in a working version on a floppy disk with, I I designed my own graphic on there. And I ended up saying I'm going to start over. I reprogrammed um, from the start and I redid things, made it look a little bit better. I was more experienced with code than too. So I redesigned the whole game from the ground up. Then it was it was all good, everything was great. I talked to Amiga World Magazine. They, they said, you're this young and you made a game. I said, yeah, I think it's gonna be a really good game and I'd like to put it in your magazine so people know about it. And they said, okay, so we're gonna put you in like the young coders thing or whatever the hell they had on their magazine. Then the Commodore Amiga company went bankrupt somewhere around that time. I forget, it was a couple years down the road. And I thought, oh my god, my life is ending. All my entire world was wrapped up in this Commodore Amiga. I was like this crazy fan. That's all I cared about. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, yeah. And I was like heartbroken. I said, what am I going to do? And the Amiga World magazine folded. I think right like not long after that, because there, there's no more
2: computers. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, it was a weird long story um, on their end. What they they got they got sold to Gateway Computers, Dell. Um, Somebody, I forget, a lot of companies bought Amiga, but they ended up essentially doing nothing with it. They made, like, a cell phone once operating system with it, which sucks. But what happened was I was walking in Blockbuster Video uh, the one day, and I saw this video game called Rock Band or Guitar Hero or something, and I started fucking crying. I broke down crying in the store. I was like, no fucking way. This is my idea. And I got so sad because it was years after I already did it. Like, there's no way I wasn't the first guy to think of this shit, right? Or I I was assuming I was the first to do this. But, um, yeah, so I'm like, obviously, they didn't steal my idea. There's, like, no way they would have heard about this kid doing this thing. So I doubt that that's the case. But it's essentially the same thing without the band sim, a management sim. Right, right. And it fucking killed me. So I was like, oh, my God. All hope is lost. I stopped programming. The Amiga, that was right when, the, like, a little bit after the Amiga was done, I think, too. So that was disheartening. I was on, like, a PC, and I had no no idea what I was doing. My friend, the John Manko, one I was talking about earlier, um, he, I got him to computer programming, which, by the way, that's his career now. Since we were kids, I, I taught him. We stayed up all night and took turns. He would try to reprogram what I did, and he would always break it, and then I'd have to get up. I'd wake up. We'd work and shift sleeping and programming, like maniacs. He also got me interested in a lot of music, rare music that I never would have known, which was interesting. Like he knew about Tool way, way, way before they were anything. Which I don't know. I I still to this day I have no idea where he would find out about this music. So, Dude, so there was
0: there was this yeah.
1: there was this music forum, um,
0: no, not music forum, like like old school chat forum on the internet, but way back in the day, um, called. It was like a. It was it was like pre LimeWire. And all of that music downloading stuff, but it was a, it was a, it was a, it was called WinMX. I don't know if you ever heard of it. WinMX. And it was like this chat room slash download pool, public, worldwide, and like you could meet anybody and talk to anybody. And it was like pre-Messenger, pre-AOL, like maybe, maybe it was right at the time of AOL.
2: I don't know. It
1: was an internet relay chat, like MIRC. Yeah. 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 And then, and then you could file share through it too. Um yeah those, those things are very dangerous <laughs> in so that's basically the i guess we would consider the dark web before that happened it, it, it was makes, yeah sure. it
0: was and and I, that was where i discovered s- s- weird bands was just like weird chat rooms like that like just off off alta that vista or whatever old search engine people used back in the day
1: that reminds me speaking of uh legal activities um on the amiga bootlegging was a huge thing and it seemed like everybody was doing it, it was fine um, they were bigger in Europe but there was a guy in Australia that used to mail me hundreds of discs for like $50 or whatever of all the all the new video games that had come out it was amazing and then they had the um, bulletin uh, ports the BBS systems where you could call people on the actual phone and connect to their home computer that was before websites but it was essentially yep. a website yep. but it was text ASCII and I would love that that was I miss that still actually. There was something about that that felt amazing to me, and um, yeah, that was around the time I was doing all this weird programming, inventing rock band and Guitar Hero as a starting as a fourteen year old. And I don't understand looking back what ha- I used to be very smart, and now I feel stupid. I don't know what happened when you were a kid. We're better at <laughs> well, things. Well, well, okay. Like let me let me let me
0: uh, be the disparaging one, or not disparaging. Let me the con the the. The devil's advocate here—that's the one I'm looking for to to say I I don't think you're not no long. I mean, one I want to I want to uh, switch a little bit because I f- I realize you may be running a little short on time and oh, um shit. we haven't talked yet about Memento Mori um oh, yeah. which I I do want to touch on and also your current guitar learning AI software um that is like currently available to help musicians get better at guitar um specifically but it probably would help with a lot of just i mean especially a rhythm generator man that's that's that one's crucial for anybody who wants to you know but but um i guess just talk a little bit about those and then let's 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 end on i want to ask you some cool questions about your song which is fucking mind-blowing to me dude it is it i'm i'm a prog head like through and through once i discovered progressive music i went back in time and immersed myself in you know elp and uh gabriel era genesis and yes and king crimson and you know i mean ev ev uh, elo all all of them give me you know give me them all so um, that that, fits like in that song then yeah i get it oh it it it, it (laughs) so does well and then and then move forward to you know not modern prog there's some that i still like but it feels like it's too, uh, like animals as leadery now. And it, it's it, too
1: progressively, um, shred-oriented. Shred-oriented, so but,
0: but programmed. I liked Prague yeah. that felt like they were constantly ready to fall out of the pocket. They were they were trying and pushing themselves hard and and and, and, and establishing jazzy grooves and like really building yeah. textures in the music. Yeah. You know, you listen to uh Emerson Lake and Palmer and they, as a three piece they're doing just the textures they're building. I don't care how many uh pleenies or guys you have up on stage doing stuff. It it, it none of it matches even like 90s era prog. You know, they still had that kind of flying by the sea of their pants, punkiness yeah. to them.
1: Well, um, plus a lot of the a lot of this stuff. All right, so there's two sides of it. There's the programmed music currently out, yeah. Um, and then there's people who aren't programming exactly their guitar parts. But the thing is, they're not super duper as tight as they should be. So if you're doing like nine eight time and you're going to try to be flashy with their time signature, you should definitely be locked in to the beat yeah some of them i've noticed weren't i have noticed were i do not want to bring up names i worked alongside um one of them you mentioned and as good as they are um i don't think they're as tight as people think but that's yeah, just I, me I,
0: I've, I've seen i i i i could probably guess who you're even talking about and yeah <laughs> i've seen some live videos that make me really realize like oh okay they're the studio is magic the studio's yes. fucking magic
1: that's exactly what happens, which I I understand if it's available now, people think that's the normal, especially with the current radio well, type of music or Spotify hits, I, so I get it. Yeah, it, it it is becoming
0: like the sellable normal. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. I am so fine with like mess ups. If you're playing live and you you wrote a part that is like at your peak level of playing a little prematurely, the song comes out and now you're like really trying to replicate live and do stuff and the band oopses. I am fine with that because that's what music is about for me. I am, I want it to feel authentic and stuff, but what I yeah. don't want to hear is when the band oopses and the backing tracks cover the mistake of the band fed through front of house it, Yeah. and, and yeah, then you go, wait, Oh oh no, if the met, if there's a band mess up, I want to hear the audio go away. I want to watch you know, I don't want to still hear two more guitars playing when the guitar player drops
1: mm-hmm. his pick. Like, yeah, yeah, I could go I on know for that hours. We're doing that, but that and that's that's a lot. It's a long talk. and I, I could get into it way too long. But essentially, when I was at a band a couple times, they brought in the idea of using a sampler or backing tracks because we were on a metronome for some of them. I said, well. I could just record this part if you can't play it at the same time with both hands. That's fine. I could record this one thing. Oh, what about these harmonies? Oh man, it'd be so much easier if I didn't have to be in front of my mic. All of a sudden, all of the parts are getting recorded. They're like, Alan, what, what the fuck are we going to play? I said, Oh my God, you're right. I like, I basically recreated everything for the band and they got upset. I said, this is dangerous. And then yeah. I stopped using samples. I never did it again. I was like, Oh my God, that's horrible. I am, f- it, you could fall into it
0: where, where I'm fine with a sampler is give me, someone like a Danny Carey or a Neil Peart who in their drum playing has a MIDI rack yep. where there are timed samples that fit in time with what they're playing, but they have mm-hmm. to trigger it in time. Trigger it. You know, yeah. I'm the give, SPDS. Yeah, give me that. That's fine. But a laptop plugged into the make the board pump through front of house and you
1: press play no that's so fake that's exactly i don't I don't like that feeling but anyway okay so i went off track again A uh, memento so programming mo- thing oh yeah sorry go yeah. go go yeah programming that's fine so that. i was gonna say year, years down the line um i got back into programming on um the pc this time and i started learning javascript uh th- basically through flash if anybody remembers what oh, yeah. that was years oh, ago, yeah. um, for websites, and I got into it's like, oh, this is like really easy. Actually, this is—I already know how to program. I just didn't know the syntax. So I said, all right, I'm going to start programming stuff. And then way down the line, I got into a lot of other languages, and I got decent at the programming, just as a fun hobby in the background. And I decided, um, well, first and foremost, I played the video game The Sims, and I got banned from it because I was role playing a con man, and they said you're not allowed to go door to door and convince people to give me all their assets but that's so i got banned from it but while i was playing the game i had a lot of fun because i decided at one point if my guy just writes a book he complete he just gets checks in the mail from passive income and he could just learn different things and not have to work but i said oh my god why don't i do this so i started writing guitar manuals and guitar books just like three of them i think i put out over the time but the the idea was i could actually do something once well you're a guitar teacher enough, as well right you're a
0: guitar teacher as right. well
1: yeah that's when the, that's when that started because I said, well, instead of working the shitty job, I'm good at the guitar. I could teach it. So if I do something good enough, can I can do it once? Yeah.
0: Can I actually jump in and brag for you it, it, as you real fast? Um, I, I see, going back to TikTok, I see a lot of, not a lot, but enough people maybe kind of hinting that you're arrogant or. Um, maybe braggadocious about your playing or your knowledge, especially when you're like criticizing some big TikTok personality on like, hey, what you're actually describing is completely inaccurate on how the guitar or music actually works. Um I that 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 mode of you, the the corrective Allen mode, is like the 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 guy I was like, I need to follow this person for the rest of my career on TikTok, my existence. Um but you're an incredibly, incredibly technical guitar player. i don't I don't know if I've ever I, I watch a lot of musicians. I watch a lot of, I mean, Guthrie Govin is probably my favorite guitar player alive right now. His yeah, improv sure his improv capability and fluidity is I don't care if guys can play faster than him. No one is as fluid. Directly from their fucking brain, yes. unplanned as he is yeah. like, give me all of that. But I've never seen anybody and, and people can pull, pull up the fucking any Petrucci solo or anybody they want to. Pa- you do notes. You you do extended passages of. I don't know how many notes per second that I don't I've never seen anybody else do in my life like mm-hmm. Do you have a um, obviously you've developed things to count how many notes per second you play. Do you have oh, yeah. like a
1: Yeah, it's it's easy to figure out. You just do the math side of it. But it's only easy cuz all right, so let's put it this way. If you're doing sextuplets, which would be 6 notes per per beat. Right. Right. So every beat you count you're playing 6 notes. If you do that, you just um it's 60, so that's a minute, and then you just divide by how many you do within the minute, and then you multiply by the tempo. So if I'm playing 100 beats per minute, and I play in 6 notes per beat, that's 10 notes per second. So it's really easy. That's the easy it, math. If yeah, you, if yeah. you do yeah. Sex tuples, sure. it's super easy to determine. But you could use a calculator for the other stuff if you want. It's the same math. It's just not you can't do it off the top of your head as quickly. But, yeah, I um, on record, I still didn't try to beat this. So I'm, I might be able to go quicker, but I doubt it's much faster if it is um, just trem picking on one string, it was twenty five notes in a second. I was getting and playing actual music, like playing through a sequenced uh, major scale exercises. It's like eighteen ish notes a second um, with picking. It's way too fast. Like nobody needs yeah, to hear yeah, that it's, speed anyway. But, but but it's you know it, it, I I just I
0: I wanted the listeners to have that context when you were talking about you know I I think I think that that was maybe what when you. <laughs> When you said, "Oh, I, I listened to uh, Moonlight," or that was a song you said, the Satriani song, and I wanted to play as good as that is. Oh yeah, y- you you really meant you wanted to play a- as a Malmstein or anybody you were you were devoted to implicitly matching them oh, note yeah. for note, and yeah, and, definitely, yeah, that's it's awesome man oh can, can i ask you a, a, a question that i want you to be a little vain in answering
1: okay
0: uh why do you think more people don't know about your guitar playing
1: um okay so there's a couple answers i've gotten to this question uh the crab bucket thing if you've ever heard of that uh, no basically if okay so there's a lot of crabs that are stuck in a bucket and they're all going to be eaten or killed to to be so they're all stuck in there and when one tries to climb out the other ones grab him and pull him back in because they're all trying to climb up him to get out gotcha and when there's a lot of guitar players in the same space that are all trying to get some kind of attention so they could either financially support themselves through music which is admirable you want to do that absolutely or if they're trying to get music out there, just because the creative like endeavor, like I want to, yeah. The problem is there's so many saying, "Well, what about me? What about me?" Nobody's getting out of the fucking bucket. And anybody who does either has a lot of money backing, um, substantial amounts that you could put into it, or they have a lucky or very good connection that has that thing. And then all of a sudden, in the forefront, I don't have that. I don't have a ton of money. Right. Um. I, well, I have. Isn't it? Did, skill, it ever, did it
0: ever? Did it ever become that daunting hill you're climbing? Going, man, skill alone isn't enough for that's for a it, culture yeah. of guitar players. For the people who breathe playing guitar and music like you do, like I do, like everybody aspiring to be the next Momstein or or Satriani or whoever. Pick your fucking poison. Um, yeah, uh, you know. But skill isn't enough, right? To, to to become somebody who is put in even a conversation. And did that seem daunting to
1: you? Well, there's a couple other things too. I didn't release enough music, so that's on me because I have this perfectionism thing where I'm afraid <gasps> to release music because it's not yeah. good enough. Yeah, me too. And that's, a, that's on me. That's my own fault. So I think that that definitely hindered me because it's been like, 10 15 years since I released another instrumental guitar album. That's bad. Like that's I should be doing them like a year every year every two years. So that's that's my Because fault. you probably so right could be the issue. You probably write
0: enough music to do that, right? I do have a lot, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have tons. Yeah.
1: I know, yeah. But I don't I don't think it's good enough or it's it's not um real enough to like emotionally impact the way I feel when I listen to my guy, whatever it's just a song. It's not as important. Now this Mentamori was. This is the big like I felt like this is important. That was the one of them that I had to do and I had to make sure it was right. Okay, well here so let's it's rare.
0: Let's do this real quick because I do want to end on that song. That was that was really okay. I was I was watching your build up to talking about releasing it. You released the playthrough for your solo before the song came out. Great promotion. I thought it was a, a brilliant strategy leading up to I'm trying to, this. to learn how to promote. Thank it's, you. It's no I I it, it captivated me and I and I I I loved the TikTok about oh man maybe I don't even have to play guitar but I can just show myself eat a sandwich and I'll get way more <laughs> likes than me actually fucking showing you something I created. I I resonated with that goddamn sentiment so hard. Like it yeah. it, it pains me to my core. So let me do something. Let me play one more commercial from one of our sponsors. Let me reset this fucking thing okay. one more time because Zoom sucks that yeah. way. And then we'll, just, we'll end on Momentum Mori Talk and I'll get you out of here. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So here's one more commercial. Yeah. This is from our sponsor, Kablarg.
2: From Kablarg comes an exciting new product, Tear Muffs, our all-new line of headphones. Simply turn them on to tune out other people's annoying emotions.
1: According to Consumer Statistics... There's an 80% chance of having a better marriage while using tear muffs.
2: Designed with Yodel Nope technology specifically calibrated to mute any unwanted human sounds.
1: Enjoy your day without listening to Karen complain in the break room. Go jogging without hearing the construction crew whisper about your giraffe onesie. Ride the bus in peace without hearing the homeless man mumble about his used bubblegum fetish.
2: With Keblarg's Tear Muffs, you can truly enjoy your day by letting everyone else fade away. Tear Muffs! Because people suck.
1: Initial studies indicate prolonged use may lead to side effects such as unclenched jaw, proper posture, excessive earwax, and or nasal drip, only seeing shades of blue, smiling
0: at the wrong people because you're genuinely happy, gout, relaxed facial expressions, or intense facial contortions, minor stroke, or plantar fasciitis, definitely one or the other, in rare cases, death and or resurrection. Hey, welcome back. Okay, so you just put out this song, and I want to tell you, I was... My first listen to Memento Mori, um utter. I I had to sit there in silence for probably four four minutes after I heard it end, uh, with the the music box winding down, to, 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 like that ending. Every op, every like rock opera fan, all every part of me heard that ending and went, oh. He tagged it like he didn't just let the vocals in the song. He he gave it this extra like dramatic push at the end. Uh, It's a sad song. Can you kind of talk to me about the impetus of the song? You had said that it took eight years to make and finish and just kind of take me. I mean, it's a masterpiece, man. It's it's
1: (laughs) it's 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 fantastic. So, yeah, take me through it. Yeah, there's a lot of sad stuff in my life. <laughs> it's all, it makes it's all it's all essentially amalgamated into in filtered into the, music. The depression, horrible, horrible life experiences I've had. I know a lot of people go through stuff, so you can't say oh, mine's worse or theirs is worse. But I know personally, it's been a lot of well, bad stuff. Well, the from thing, the, from...
0: the big point on that is you can never say, "Oh, mine's worse than anyone else's," but you're the only one who's had to live yours. Yes. So yeah, it, it becomes daunting. 30 40 years into this yeah
1: so a, a quick quick summary of of emotional um impact that went into it um one thing i did bring up in a TikTok, and i never told anyone this before except for like really close relatives um that was it but essentially uh my almost my entire childhood growing up in school there's this one teacher who would cheer Allen, uh, he goes. What do you, Van Wert? What are you worth? Nothing, nothing. He would make all the kids sing this with him and chant Alan's worth nothing every fucking day uh, that I've seen. Every day I saw him. So whatever days he was, he was there. And if he happened to see me in a class, he wasn't even involved in. He would make the whole class chant it. It was like this consistent thing. Still to this day, I have a bad day. Guess what's in my head? This fucking echoing. Still, dude, I'm so that s- fucked me up. I'm so sorry so- for that. So, so you see, you see that and then everything me trying to better myself, me trying to accomplish or invent, do something good probably is to counteract that, that, like, right. So that, so psychologically without getting into that, that's been there my whole life still. to this, to this day, there's a lot of bad, went through a really bad divorce, um, had my kids basically, um, alienated from me, um for years to, to the day where even still there's it there's issue and psychological damage there for all involved and there was none really not not a good reason to have that happen and i know a lot of men go through this uh with yeah. divorce courts in custody it's fucking horrific that's another thing and there's more there's like a lot more and then on top of this um within within the same year my aunt dies of cancer covid was recently going on I got it a few times. That's kind of scary. I can't say goodbye to her because you're not allowed in the hospital with her. So I'm talking to her through a fucking window outside the hospital as she's like her last, very last day, last two days. Of were, life. You, were you uh, close to her? Kind of. And You know what? She she hugged B.B. King. And I'll never forget the story she told me about um, being a big. She was a huge music fan. She never played music. Biggest music fan. She loved it. She I love those people. Those music. are my favorite people all the time. I yes. never play it, but they intrinsically love music. Music. She loves yeah. it. I swear, I think she liked it more than me at times. She would talk about it like it was the best thing in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, she, there was. she was the coolest The coolest uh, aunt. She was great. Um, so there was that. My wife found out uh, she had a brain tumor, they thought, which, by the way, went on for a year and a half, and then all of a sudden, oh, it was must have been a shadow. She had to keep going and get MRIs tested. So that's like, holy fuck, my wife's about to die. At the same time, my dad um, is in stage four uh, of cancer and so it's all all of this recently at the same time is going on like the last couple years for me um i lost two-thirds of my income because of covid because i'm not in a band all of a sudden that whole thing got screwed up i'm not playing shows i couldn't go and teach in person so i I lost a bunch of income so that's kind of scary um my wife's getting sick of me being here too much because of covid and not making money she's like what the fuck are you doing here and and that that's a little bit of an issue too all this is going on at once and i said i need to fucking get the song done for my dad, if, as long if he could hear the song, that was my end goal. That's what I had to do. So I I said, stop fucking around. I need to get serious and actually finish this thing the right way. And I put all of my life experience and turmoil into every decision of the song. Every decision mattered. Every note. So so it was. It's rare to do that. You said you had been working on this eight years. Eight years. One, one, I'm yeah. sorry
0: for, for the fucking trauma, man. I, I, I am you know truly truly it 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 weighs on me deeply same fa- you know family members biting the bullet man it's it's not easy um yeah. uh you you said you'd well, been going like... oh sorry what
1: sorry i was gonna say mortality starts at a certain and that's the other thing everybody around my age people family members start dying so yeah. that's when mortality like holy fuck it's real so yeah your outlook changes and you're like fuck this is... that's kind of why this song got pushed to the front and it's like this is gone
0: so you you've been working on the song for 8 years. What condition was it in when all of this came to a head and you had to pick it back up? Cuz I have folders of of half finished songs from yeah. 5 years ago that I haven't even listened to since I recorded the parts for it. So what what yeah. condition was this song in? Um, you it, know, it was, did, did it, it have tires
1: vocal... on it? <laughs> <Did> it... <laughs> uh, it was honestly it was a vocal scratch track with a piano. Um, MIDI program piano. I couldn't even play piano at all, really. Uh, So I I programmed it on MIDI back then. Then I said, no, this has to be real. So I physically got on that uh, piano, and I made myself figure out how to actually do it. And I worked over and over and over until I could play it with the right emotion, with the right slowdown, speed up. Not using really a metronome at times. I would just tell myself, it's okay if I'm supposed to do this a little bit different. I felt felt that there are open... There are parts that are obviously
0: very close you know studio level uh session stuff to a metronome the and then there are it, yeah in the middle of it it gets so tight and i love that yeah. swell of the energy yeah. as um as the beginning everything is ascending and 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 your melody line is so great i love the textures you build i love that you don't really give us a true tonal center for like a minute and a half, two minutes yeah. into the song, I'm not, there. There's no establishing really tonal center of it. Everything is ascending. Um, you know, uh, note value. Everything is kind of building up, and then the the tempo gets more and more and more locked in to when the electric guitars start, and it it truly gives you like this feeling of home. All of a sudden, the song swells into this moment of yeah. like like security and uh. I have a snare now, like
1: it, mm-hmm. oh, it's great, dude. It's, it's such a cool Thank building. You. I'm moment. glad you get it. See, this is the thing when I'm making this stuff, I'm like nobody's gonna get this. Nobody cares about the, all the, but I did. I had to do it.
0: Not even you that, know? but the most mind blowing part. It, it honestly, it was probably like my third listen through. Um, the first one was just mind blowingness. The second one was to re listen to all the moments that stuck out to me first, and then my third listen was mm-hmm. like, okay, let me pay attention to everything that didn't stick out. And then when I did that. It I then I caught the descending chord progression in the end of the guitar solo, and everything was kind of working its way back down. And I'm like, oh my god, this is the this is the descension of the stairs we climbed at the beginning of the song. Yeah. Everything now is coming back down to
1: plateau and in like it, it dude.
0: Mm-hmm. Congrat. I mean, I you know. Thank
1: you. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear someone who gets it and you're excited as I am when I was making it. I was like, man, this it, it, it'll give me the chills when I'm creating it. That's, that's what matters to me. And I was explaining this, I think, on a live thing that I did the other day, too. The reason I want to create music is because I like that feeling. If I listen to a certain song, the hairs will stand up on end and I just, I'm I'm in it. And yes. I feel it. I'm that, and I escape my fucked up life for a moment. That And Always. that's another side. Yeah. That it helps. So. I know there's a lot to get into about the song, but every little detail in the song ties in in some psychological way to something else happening either then or later on. So there's long form tension and release that happens. I'm not established um, where you're saying about tonal center right in the beginning. I am swapping out major and minor. Every oh yeah, beats. yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't sound weird as far as like, Oh, is this good or bad? It just is this emotionally. Imp- it's almost like uh, movie soundtracks, how it doesn't matter what the key is. It just does something that works. And that's right. what I was what I was trying to make sure that that continued and <clears throat> And, resolves and you established a
0: melody line in the first 15 seconds uh, not not a not, not a full complete resolving melody line, but uh, four or five notes in your vo- in your voice in the first in in like the first, I guess I would say reprise of the the the, the, the tonal idea you give. Um, when I, when you switch keys, not only just between major and minor, but when you totally switch keys and and no, no drums or anything, it's all still piano given. um, And you do the same interval step in your voice in the new key as you did in the last one i'm like okay this is an important set of notes this this intervallic thing this expression he's giving us right now is important and then you give it to us in the solo multiple times at mm-hmm. before the energy shift after the energy shift you you finish it up at the end in the fucking music box yeah. like i <laughs> i mean you know this is the shit i nerded <laughs> about the first time i ever heard in you know, rush or give, give me anybody, you know, the uh, La Vig- La, La Villa Strangiata. The first time I
1: heard that was like, oh my god! And this took me the same goosebumps, man. Thank you. Oh god, I'm I'm, I'm glad to hear. This is amazing because I honestly well, I don't know if anybody's going to react or even care about what I'm doing. Here's the thing. It's weird. Here's the thing.
0: I have I have not to use it uh, like too de- derogatorily, but pleb musically pleb friends the the people you're talking about they're not musicians but they fucking love music who can who can listen to something that is using compound metronomes feels like four four but it's not feels like a major chord progression but it's not and love the song and have no idea what's going on musically and then every musician listens to it and they go oh like listen to all the fine detail you wrote a song that is completely comfortable for someone who is not versed in the the the, the syntax of music yet you wrote a song for musicians to appreciate like that that's how yeah. it feels for me it is it gives everything a classical musician could find something in it that is truly remarkable they love about it a, a metal musician a, a op, you know it, pick anybody and they will find parts in this that completely speak that syntax i mean
1: yeah thanks it, it's that makes sense because i i have a history of attempting to make uh, catchy pop songs just because it's a challenge it's a fun challenge when you box yourself in and say all right i gotta do the stupid thing um, but in this i didn't i said okay this is going to be for me and it's whatever i wanted to hear like it was just yeah. if i was the audience listening this is what i think would be a perfect song for me to hear that's essentially what i was doing for the first time in my life because always i was always contrived in some way i got to make it for this crowd they're going to really like this guitar solo i just did this for whatever i think it sound nice for me for the first time and it seems to be effective so I, i've been wasted many years not doing well, that you have to
0: this is the thing that that plagues me all the time about my creative process and everything I do because you know, like I said, I'm 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 a metal guy. I'm a prog guy. The 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 band I'm in is is a a semi-prog, really experimental type. I mean, not we sound mainstream, but we like giving weirdness, just like you, just like you alluded to, weirdness in the place of non- weirdness, but it doesn't sound weird in context. Let, yeah. Let's let's let's. Let's see how many different ways we can subdivide 4-4 and, and and give accent 4-4 in a way that doesn't anymore sound like it, but they never have to stop bobbing their head to the kick drum. Like, you know, let's do these interesting things. And, um... Shit. I... I'm sorry. I lost exactly my point to the end of my rambling. Um
1: Well, I think you were talking about how... um if a song is complex, it doesn't necessarily have to sound super convoluted and complex. Yes. It, you, it could still sound simplistic, but retain the elements at the same time um, under the surface where somebody might get it that's a little bit more appreciative right. of... Um, The design that goes into it so you could say oh my god that's actually really elegant how did he pull that off and somebody else is like oh this sounds cool like there's 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 two levels there well that makes sense yeah yeah and and
0: thank you for bringing me back on track
1: you did it perfectly
0: Mm -hmm. um i i think that what both groups will find is they will all use the word elegant one will just be able to articulate what part of it made them feel that way, and the other one will just go, "I don't know why. It just makes me feel this way." People oh, won't yeah. understand how why why Dorian makes them feel a way versus why Ionian or or Lydian that, that, that major or that that raised fourth is so important to so many people, oh, and yeah. they don't they can't explain why. A standard major scale versus a raised fourth major scale will make them just feel so much
1: better. And it it is, it's playing on those, man. It's, it's I actually named my uh, first daughter Lydian. Did you? (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. It's my favorite modal sound. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Yeah, me too. (laughs) I fucking love Lydian. (laughs) Yeah. It's magical. And that's, I mean, that's the thing because I, all right. So on my end, I could be a complete music nerd, but nobody's going to care. If I make a dream right. theater song, it's dream theater. And I, I don't mean to criticize, but when I listen to them, I get that it's really, really I know that they're advanced just from doing music song. I, I get it. But if my wife hears it, she's like, what the fuck is that? She hates it. Like she's like, this is the most boring thing, but she heard my song, didn't really realize what it was. And she was like, falling asleep. She goes, I like this. She was high and she's falling asleep. She goes, Oh, I like this. I saw oh, it's, it's rare. That's nice. She's never said never really into my stuff that much. <laughs> So that's that's what I know. I've must have done something right, at least on that side of things.
0: I I, I've I have so many times to my significant other gone. Hey, listen to this. I just finished this, and she goes, "Oh, that's so you." And I go, "Oh, (laughs) like is is it? Did you like it though?"
1: (laughs) Oh, it's just you. Like, well, do you like me? Like, (laughs) it's funny. The thing is, she's a big Taylor Swift fan, so I don't know if I want that audience exactly all the time. Dude,
0: mine is my my girlfriend is the biggest
1: fucking taylor Swift fan
0: and every chord progression in every song is the same chord progression
1: they're the same it's the same chord progression almost the same it's 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 it's, it's like a major
0: six to a major fifth and then a third and then back up to the fourth or or to the second back up to the fourth it's it's rarely rarely are you getting the one which i do appreciate sometimes rarely the one in the key is like a driving force in her song
1: yeah, yeah, so that's, there's a constant tension that's going on that makes you right. ready hear the next part. It's right. psychologically smart. Um, the Beatles do that in a different way, where they intentionally leave out a note, so you don't know exactly what mode they're in until it yeah. hits in the chorus. Yeah, really smart. No, I don't think they, I don't know if they did it on purpose, but somebody was smart enough to do that.
0: Yeah, I, well, I, I here's the thing: is it's what you alluded to. You were you were programming this stuff at 14. You couldn't articulate why you were doing it, but it sounded yeah. good to your brain, and. It, it produced in something that you liked. And I think that's the same thing with Paul McCartney. I mean, I, I do think it was him yeah. too, but he would just hear notes work together and go, oh, this yeah. sounds good or this doesn't.
1: And it's the intuition.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's that, I think that's, that's what it comes down to. And I, again, I wrote that song on piano. I can't play the piano. I suck at it. Like it took me months to try to practice enough to be able to do my own song. Like I'm not, and I could right now, if I had to sit down and play it, I would have to do it like 10 times slower than the original because i am not practiced. I'm horrible. But I did it for the recording a couple times, and I was happy. I was proud of myself for the moment, and I thought I'd be good at piano, and then i just still suck at it. So it was just a temporary thing. But the fact is, if your intuition, regardless of knowing an instrument or not, which the Beatles played tons of instruments I don't even think they were good at, um, if it's telling you what to do and you stick to the reality and the truth of what you're trying to do with it, it seems to work better and simple does tend to be better if you can at least appreciate less going on and um, one other thing that, that i helps.
0: think that the beatles did and you did i'm lumping you in the exact same category <laughs> as the beatles um is purposefulness they weren't doing flashy shit but every note they played wherever they played them was on purpose you know oh, yeah they, i don't think they were truly composing probably in the same manner that you did when you sat down to redo it because there is some truly beautiful like actual composition tension and release counterpoint happening in this song that i don't think that that i think is purposeful for you that i don't think was for pick any other band back then um but it's purposeful and i the the perp the intent of putting a note in a place versus just doing an improving walking bass line, it it, you know to to just make it to the next chord that your guitar player is playing doesn't it, it gives a totally different feel even if it all sounds good you know and
1: that's I know I have to get going soon but I want I wanted to say really importantly that's what I was mentioning when I said this is scary composition for me because I'm doing things that I would think why did they do that that's so that's so weird why is there a flat second harmony in the beginning of the, the first melody? Uh, like <laughs> yeah. uh, I went back and forth. I talked to someone about it. A, a, a well, good, it, uh, it was almost
0: yeah. Phrygian, except no other words were Phrygian. No, none yeah. of no, the no other notes were Phrygian. You just gave us a flat second. And I heard that. I'm like, s- that why stuck do out. I want
1: this? Yeah. It was, uh, but it felt right because it was, it gave it that right amount of rub for the emotional impact. And, and, and you that's did- when I, that's a, a big decision. Yeah. And Usually. I don't think you like
0: you, you made it, uh, it was a transitory, you know. It, it it wasn't something you were relying on as foundation for the tonal yeah. v- body you were building, but it was a note that definitely drew you into waiting for the next chord to, to take you somewhere. You know. Yeah, it, um, that makes sense. Also, one one question. Um, mm-hmm. my ears picked up in the solo section when you go to like that halftime to normal time feel shift or the energy shift halfway through the solo section you have the swell up and then oh, uh yeah. it goes to the next melody line feel resolving feel there's like a sound and then that breaks right at that peak or it almost sounds like you're whispering a word or like
1: yes.
2: ah, yeah, fit.
0: something like that mm-hmm. were you actually saying a word there
1: yes um okay so the whole trick was um at the end where it says home again um it's saying oh. welcome home but it's saying it with different voices um so i i had my voice it was my my vocal take but you're I an would, amazing um, singer
0: by the way you're a
1: fucking fan i, I don't know about the thank you I'm, I'm trying i'm trying to do it well <laughs> well I, you're, you're great dude you're great I'm I'm trying to get better, but the whole the whole the whole time of this thing. So I had my own voice doing it, and I raised and lowered the pitch of it and the formant to make it sound like a different person, like because I didn't have Uh, a bunch of people to record. But it's saying "Welcome home," and I had it play at the same time. Then there was a lot of reverb, and the swelling thing you're talking about is the reverb swelling swelling up. And I would that's another thing on the this so long to get into, but the mixing side of things. I made a lot of decisions with volume swells of reverbs and doing all these little intricate things just to make it well, have the right art. It's super it. automated. I could hear that. Like there is, is. a lot yeah. of
0: automation going on. And, and, and I love it because it wasn't one compressed wall of fucking sound overly no. compressed to, I mean, I, you know, I, it, and the drums were programmed too, right?
1: Yes, I yeah. programmed the drums. I wanted a real drummer on them because that made more sense for it. What, but uh, I can't find anybody who... It, drummers are really hard to nail down to actually <sighs> record. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, I don't what, know what the fucking problem what,
0: what sample pack or what kit were you using for your drums? Because they sound good. I mean, they, 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 they yes. fill
1: out the body of the song really well. I was mostly using... Um, uh, uh, superior drummer three, I, I, I nitpick, like, I won't use one kit. Like I'll take one kick drum that feels right. And then sometimes I'll blend a snare one from to top someone else. There. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll just like, kind of go with a bunch of different ones, but here's the scary thing about it. I lost the original drum file, um, halfway through production of this, like, like I was saying it was years. So I had my original MIDI drums from, from years ago. I took those and they were stuck as a, as a stereo file. Right. So I didn't have oh. discrete mixing going on. So all I had to go in there and like work with what the drums already were and work around that. So the drum mix is not what I normally would do. And somebody brought that up. They said, why are the cymbals so quiet? I'm like, they were in the way of the guitars and the cymbals were like hell, like really, really friggin bright. But if you kill those, you're going to kill the kick to the yep. top end of it and yep. the snare and everything else. So I was like, well, it's a stereo file, so I made do with it and i compressed it blended it a little bit and you know what it sounds fine i don't i didn't want to draw attention to drums well, you know, no so it's, no i it's supportive. i here that's the thing i
0: i think i think that the drums didn't need to do any of the talking in this it's yeah. not a police song you know it's not it's not the, the drums don't need to do the talking the piano is doing the talking your voice is doing the talking and the guitar is doing the supportive voice for your voice. I mean, truly in throughout this whole thing, um, your voice is like actually the one true element that is the like consistent throughout the entire song is your, your, your singing, which is a great thing to do is open with vocals and have that, the thing that you hear at the beginning and the end. I like that. Um, and I have to commend you. You have one of, the least obtrusive vocal fries to tone <laughs> to your tone that I've ever yeah. heard. A lot of people can maintain their timbre and vocal fry, but maintaining their tone and vocal fry is
1: really good. And that's cool. I never thought about that. It's just like a part of just the talking. Well, you bring, well, I guess,
0: well the and and you so you you have different vocal fries. You, you can have one that's really coarse, one that's really fine. Um, yeah. You have a great vibrato with no vocal fry on it. And I love the way that you use your mouth shape to articulate vowels differently. You say human and human in it. My
1: wife hates that part. But yes, she, she goes, why are you saying it so many different ways? I said, because it's a different feel, even though it's the same word. Yeah, yeah. the, the, the mattered.
0: The, the tonal sound of the uh versus the ah with yeah. the notes behind it
1: fills it all out and i i heard yeah, it stick out right away also. you had to like like it would have <laughs> sounded really really <laughs> noticed this this is amazing i've did listened I've, I've
0: honestly probably listened to your song like 30 times um i i, 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 really I truly love like it, it. This I, is well awesome. it, it it does it's here's the thing my brain is constantly craving new i want yeah. something new and it's the same thing that i did when i heard uh, Dance of Eternity for the first time, or when I heard yeah. uh, 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 S- Sweet Sister Mary by Queensreich for the first time, or any of those songs, I was like, I just need to keep it and and feed it and feed it and feed it and absorb it. And like, <laughs> I get you, yeah. you know. And and your song hooked me. I I I didn't even have the choice to believe it. Whether I have the choice to believe cho- that I like chocolate or not, I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I either do or I don't your song yeah. did the same thing man i just i couldn't help but only want to hear it for days on end well
1: you see the thing is then we're in the same head like we have the same we've experienced the same thing cuz that's my experience in that song yeah. and i got you you're there with me which is that's the goal that's my goal i want people to experience what i've experienced what i feel through that song, and that's the ultimate goal in for music for me. That's what I want, and I've succeeded. Apparently, especially this is amazing. Well, that's why it I asked you. So that's
0: happy. why I asked you to be on because I uh, I had to talk to the brain behind it, and I truly think yeah. you are a valuable learning tool. I realize we're at the end. I didn't even get to ask yeah. you. Um, as much about actual music. I have to have you
1: back on for a second one of these. That's, that's all yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll do it again. Um, but the vocal fry thing, you reminded me. Um, may, I don't know. I don't think about this stuff at all. But the reason maybe I developed that when I was growing up for years, I've been doing this thing where I try to see how slow I could get the fry breakup <gasps> to happen just for fun. <laughs> like a robot voice. Yeah. I've been doing that for years. So I go. Uh, yeah, I would do the. I used to do the same thing. And see. Until it goes. Uh, pop. Pop. it would be like super slow Pop. yes and Pop. that's probably where i got that from so it's just like this fun thing i did as a kid. that in the high vocal parts me and my friends used to try to scream and screech the screeching noise in the streets as loud and as high as we could do it just for i fun. i had no heard
0: pitch, just no 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 pitch but i had heard uh um oh my god my brain is completely skipping uh mr bungle uh faith no more singer uh, yeah. uh what's what's his mike fucking patton. mike patton thank you he does the the whistle vocals he can go like 10 yeah. octaves like 10 c or c10 <laughs> that whistle vocal thing and mm. i had heard that way back in the day old mr bungle shit and i'm like that's his voice that's not like a, a keyboard yeah. or something like that and so i used to try and make my voice. i used to sit there for hours just trying to get any whistle voice at I never <laughs> could but but yeah I, I used to that's funny man
1: I have a trick for you to get that. I used, I used to do it now and then. If after I've done like two shows in a row and a lot of singing, I would be able to do it like almost, almost easily because your voice gets broken and it's easier. Right. But what I would do is try to make a sound of a creaking door and use as less air as you can. So and super loose in your throat. And then, yeah. And then you start to, you'll, you'll feel it for a second, do something like a little squeak on its own. And that's it. If you could retain that amount of air. It's not a lot. It's just the smallest amount of air force. You get that and then you can control it. And is it um, all like I'm not great at it, but is I used it all to do like it main
0: there. vocal cords or like any false chords in it as well, or is it all just like main voice? False? It's the
1: vocal fry thing for me. But it, like oh, it's, saying, it's, but it's, it's the opposite peeking. it's the
0: opposite end of the vocal fry.
1: Probably. That makes that makes sense. That's what it feels like when I'm doing okay. it, or when I have it. But here's the thing. I remember I can't just instantly do it No, if you have, I'm not, yeah. like, singing. You have to sing all day, and then all of a sudden it just happens easily. Gotcha. I don't know why that is. It's either that I'm wearing it down or it's warmed up enough. It's one of those things. I'm either damaging my vocal cords or it's better. I, I don't know. But it's always after a long vocal session I could do it like nothing. So there's something to either practicing or... Injuring yourself, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. Well, good. I don't well, know what it is. I don't well,
0: know. I, I've definitely tried to sing too high for too long, too cold a few times, and oh, hurt God, my yeah. voice that way. So, um, I don't quite have the range I used to a decade ago. But you know, I'm not trying to be a, I'm not trying to be you know, Dio or something like that. Um, it's fun though. It is so Singing's fun. fun. <laughs> it is so fun. Um, it's it's. I don't understand how drummers do it. I'm a bass player, and there are there are like polyrhythms. Not polyrhythms, just subdivided rhythms to sing and play bass on to hit off beats on the bass, mm-hmm. and then sing on beat with your voice. My brain, I don't have that like dual limbedness thing to really it takes make that a lot fluid. Of practice. It yeah. Um, okay. Well, dude, thank you so much. We you have to come back. We have to do this again because I have so much more. I feel like we could talk about and nerd out on for a long time. So. Um, oh, you're I, I always like to end my podcast with poetry. I, I love writing. I love kind of expressing myself in, in words. And um, I write nonsensical poetry. It is kind of a place just to put everything abstract in my brain into fun. And so uh, we're going to do the same thing we do every time. This one is called Feet. Clipping and clopping these pale feet as they roll. Honeydew droplets suspended in dark clouds provide foundation for my stroll. These feet of mine, imperfection aligned. Whose design? The horseshoe crab doesn't fret. Its feet don't hurt when they're wet. Do you think the albatross, majestic in flight, cares about its feet tucked up in its butt all night? Feet in marmalade, or a bucket of berries squishing wine, or in the ten and a half wides you couldn't get, don't worry, there's still time. In a royal bubble bath, or gently bound with twine, or atop that prickly matted carpet that you accidentally fell on trying to jump from the recliner to the couch, an action for which a horseshoe crab would never do, because the floor is lava. That is my poem, Feet.
1: Nice.
0: Um, what, what do you have coming up? Anything good? I know you do a lot of lives on TikTok. Do you have anything people should know that's coming up for you that uh, you want to promote or something to, um, to leave people listening to you with? Any kind of...
1: Um, on the music side of things, we've got in the music, so I'm thinking that. I would say that I am going to be putting out another song soon, but I'm, I'm trying to decide which. I have another emotional... Um, by the way that that song memento mori is part of like an album of songs that are in that same vein that are all fitting oh. kind of like a storyline like a concept thing a little bit all so kind of operatically sense. themed a little a little bit yeah, a little yeah bit. it's, I love it's that. not 100 that but it's definitely in that direction so i could either release another song for that or i could do a crazy shred instrumental guitar thing that's uh, it's done i just have to like put it out so i'm wondering which and i'm trying to decide which That's um next. well here he, here's where
0: <laughs> here's where my brain instantly w- went and it relates right back to uh half an hour ago in our conversation um do you want to be a crab in a bucket because i think your instrumental shred thing is exactly that and what memento mori is not
1: I agree. See, that's that's where my mind's at too. But all the guitar players, some of them are getting upset. I even released this vocal song. They said, "What are you doing? You're supposed to be playing guitar. You should get a band together, go and tour." Wait, 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 guitar. wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. The guitar players are saying you shouldn't have done this, and they they've listened to the guitar solo.
1: I don't be- know if they actually listened to the whole thing because I they got,
0: if they're they real guitar, honor, got, if they're real guitar players, and they've listened to your guitar solo, go play it with as much feel. And swing time as you put into it and come back and report when you have it done uh, and get back to me on you should only shred because I think that's bullshit.
1: I agree. And plus, the shred thing to me is almost it's it's weird to say, but it feels almost easy and boring at this point. Haven't you done it? it? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: It doesn't like there's no challenge, but I understand that I didn't put out a lot of music. Um, I've done it like live on TikTok. I've done it live for shows, even impro- improvisationally in YouTube videos and stuff. But I haven't released another instrumental guitar al- album in so long that maybe people are like, why don't you do the shred thing? Why don't you put out a song? So I could see their perspective a little bit too. Well, but on my side, I'm like, God, this is boring. i do doing the same guitar thing.
0: Well, do it both. Do both. I mean, unless you feel, unless it's like blowing too much of a load oh, yeah. at the same time feed the feed the sharks with your shred stuff and they'll go learn that and then for the rest of us cultured swine we will <laughs> we will uh imbibe in your your actual creativity uh that isn't that's a good idea yeah that, that isn't yawn worse. jerking you know um
1: yeah that's not a bad idea. it might be tricky to promote i could actually play a game and say listen if you like shred guitar you could listen to this if you like Act, music. Yeah. Listen. If you like music. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, if you want to, you know,
0: listen, six, 15, 16 notes a second over the same three chords, arpeggios is fun. Like it really is yeah. fun. Uh, especially for new adventurous, yearning addicts, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what we are. We're addicts to this. And so,
1: yeah.
0: uh, if, if you're really yearning for it, all right. Here, here's some food. Uh, but the rest of yeah. us are going to have prime rib.
1: And that's the thing. I don't have to decide completely to do one thing. Also, no. back to the very beginning of this, when I said the the, the Cheeto thing where I had um, a song about them, but I kind of hit it. I have three different uh, musical names online where there's like, they might not even know it's me. So you're the robot. Like this one. Yeah. That's, yes, that's, that's, that's what... the thing. So the instrumental guitar is on the robot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's when I learned about you. I, I had. I I think I even messaged you this Um, way back early two thousands MX tabs. Remember when that existed, there was the, there was the forums around there and it had to have been like 2003 or 2004. One of your early robot shred videos was passed around the internet, the, the MX tabs forums. Like, look at this crazy dude. Uh, You know, I was probably 14 or 15 at that time scrolling through tablature and going, Oh my God! Like they're probably who, wondering what I was doing. Who is this? This this man? And it it, it was just robot. You know, it was it was awesome. So I yeah. so it's fun. It's funny that I've been. I mean, damn, it's twenty twenty three. So probably almost twenty years I've been aware, and uh, that's amazing. Never even knew. Didn't... Never even knew that it was you, or to think that our paths would cross. But uh yeah, twenty yeah. like 19, 20 years ago, man, you had some old youtube videos floating around out yep. there on the internet that uh definitely got passed around in guitar shred culture
1: for sure i didn't so. even realize i didn't even know that's incredible see i'm learning stuff about about my own history i had no idea that that was even a thing that's amazing yeah i
0: don't I, really I don't see. know where they got uploaded to but it was definitely passed around the mx tabs for them. back when adam neely was a moderator yeah. on M- mx tabs man way back in the day oh wow he was an I, old
1: I, I had no idea yeah
0: neely was an old moderator of mx tabs
1: jeez you know what next time i'm on we could talk about that a little bit i'd, I'd like to know more about that thing that site also maybe the robot tapping thing which is weird for I, guitar if anybody cares for no, guitar, it, it's weird
0: there's a pretty good listener base of here who are just musicians and so oh, okay and and so you know bass players or guitar players or whatnot i'm sure there there's always information conveyed that is uh a, a an attribute to one's playing, whether or not it perfectly fits what they do or not. I believe that
1: music okay. is music, man It it, yeah. it it transcends. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that next time we could we could. I trust me. I've thousands of stories and crazy things that go on. Well, I would like, love I'm to. Sure. And
0: and I know that you've worked with a gang of actual like well not not actual musicians, but 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 namesake famous notoriety musicians, wise, notoriety yeah. wise. Whether or not they're uh, actually great players or not you've worked with really cool people and I'm sure you have uh, amazing experiences just in the room with some cool musicians so I would love to dig yeah. your brain on that too those stories are always fun that's
1: that's a, that's a good idea too I always forget that side of things the, rec- <laughs> the re- recording Alan where I just do guitar for people it's, right yeah Cool, man.
0: Thank you so much for being here, Alan. This was great. Uh, go enjoy your Friday night. I'm going to go and have some dinner, and uh, I will talk to you again soon, man. I'm a, I'm timing stuff on Facebook. I pop on your lives all the time, so I'll make sure I, I shout you out.
1: Awesome, Aaron. All right. Thanks a lot. Nice meeting you on here. Great, And dude. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Yeah. Talk to you later, man. Right. Bye. That was, uh, that was Alan, everybody. Uh, I hope you had a great podcast. I hope you enjoyed some of that. Uh, went all over the place and i loved every minute of it uh again thank you guys for all your support uh check us out cheap seats on youtube uh i have to pee so i will talk to y'all later